Peace and Black Power family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. And today, family, we have a special guest in the building. Our special guest is no other than ZZ. And ZZ is a young firebrand sister that's unapologetic in being FBA. And she is what one will consider an activist and a truth teller. And she is also the owner of A to Z TV, which is a very popular YouTube channel among many things. So I'm welcoming you to the Necessary Blackness podcast. How are you doing our sister? Peace. I am grand. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on first of the year. Love to feel a little special. First one of yeah. the year. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first podcast of 2023. Um, I actually had the opportunity to interview you when we was backstage at the uh, rally for reparations. Mm. However, you know, we was dealing with the sound from the stage, the people around us, yeah. the mic malfunctioning, so they wouldn't let us be great. But we're going to be great today. <laughs> I'm gonna, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pick up from um, pretty much what we were talking about when we had the conversation, um, and I think it was a very uh, eventful conversation because it was a massive amount of people there, and it showed the force, and it showed the necessity for reparations for Foundation Black American. So I wanted to ask you... Um, what was it that compelled you to be there and to join forces with the FBA family at that march, at that rally? I'm, I'm pardon me. Um, because that was like the first time, you know, that I really uh, got to come together with other foundational Black Americans, uh, specifically, you know, um, for a fight that was specifically for us, you know, because I've gotcha. been. Like, I've been pro-black my whole life, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to be real, a bit conscious, you know, my whole life. My father's in a nation. I was raised in a nation up until I was, like, eight or something like that. So I've always had that foundation of uh, pro-blackness or consciousness, you know. But coming into the awareness of my own lineage, you know, and even with the nation, you know, understanding that we come from slaves and understanding the effects of slavery and things of that nature, it's still getting click all the way. To be honest, that we are our own distinct group. I was still kind of going for... Black people, you know, black people, we need to stick together. Black people, and I'm not even thinking about we have subsects of different black people, you know. So that for me was just like a, uh, it felt like a a solidifying, you know, sense of pride, you know, to be able to do that with my with my group, you know. And that's not to step on anybody else's, but just to be able to build with, specifically with the people that are closest to my relatives, you know, closest Absolutely. to me. You know, to fight for something for us, it was like it was special, you know, and then my family came with me like it was just, you know, it was something that was uh, fulfilling, to say the least, you know, it was it was good to do. Great to do. And, and you know, when you're speaking about you spoke about being a part of a group. Right. And when we look at group dynamics, right, it's a beautiful thing for you to have a group that you can call exclusively your own. Mm, right. Because yeah. when we say black, black encompass so many other different uh, groups of individual people. And, and then oftentimes, 
these people are, are rooted into their culture, their way of life, their way of thinking. A lot of times, sometimes it's opposed to how we think as foundation black Americans. But we all know that, um, you know, black is black, but foundation black America is what's pushing the culture. You right. know, and we have a unique story unlike anybody else. So in your um, journey and your travel for um, reparations, what do you think is the number one barrier that we face as a people fighting this fight for reparations? Uh, well, of course, the number one fight, the number one barrier is going to be white supremacy. Of course, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the, you know, uh, the pinnacle of everything. But I think I would go a little, uh, go besides that, because I think that's more the more of the obvious answer, you know, is that, of course, is white supremacy. But I think it's more of us, too. A lot of us have came to a point of have, have acquired a defeatist attitude, you know, a defeatist mentality where we're like, what's the point, you know, or we've made it this far, why we need it now, or they ain't gave it to us now, we ain't gonna get it, we'll be fighting, We're like, why are you wasting your breath, why are you begging, why are you, you know, it's like, so many of us don't understand the, the debt that we're owed, so many of us do not really understand, you know, the effects that slavery and oppression in this country has had on, like, the toll it has had on our yeah. people, will continue to have for generations on end, and so a lot of us since we don't see the severity of it and the reason like the uh the push for it, the the reason why we need it so much they tend to downplay it or degrade the idea of it and that right there alone takes away from our you know our fight you know because you got some of us on the front lines trying to fight for it and then half of us on the other line is going against us with the people that's stopping us from getting it with white supremacy aligning with them whether they realize it or not you just saying Oh, we ain't got it like that. We ain't, we ain't got it yet. They ain't gonna give it to us. That's an alignment with white supremacy. That's what a white supremacist. Yeah, you know what? We need equal rights for everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. We need equity for everybody. Yeah, you're right. It has been too long. And so that right there, that hell, that whole, that just that mentality mm -hmm. holds back so much. Like I, oh Lord, it just. And I give us grace because I understand that you know uh, that is a that's an effect, side effect of white supremacy is that mentality within itself. Mm -hmm. But it's also like Lord, it's so cringy and like uh, exhausting, you know, to try to keep trying to convince us that you're old. Like, why do I gotta keep convincing you that your ancestors built this for you so you that so you can get you can claim what is rightfully yours, you know? But we gotta keep doing it because we gotta we gotta we gotta get these reparations. <laughs> but that is definitely one of the main things holding us back for sure. Yeah, and you know what? I find out that most times when you dig deeper and you speak to those that are opposed to reparation, you find out that they're not foundation black American. You know what I mean? And then you find out when you start doing further research and you start looking back at tweets and posts on Instagram that a lot of them have vitriol towards foundation black Americans. You know, so... I think for me personally, what really gets me is individuals that say, um, if they do give us the money, we ain't gonna do nothing but spend it back with them. And, you know, we need financial literacy before we get the money and all of us need to know about finances. And my argument for that is this, right? 
We don't need everybody to know, wait until everybody knows about financial literacy. Everybody is not going to be on code. Mm. And, 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 and if this was contingent upon us waiting for everybody to be on one accord, we'll never get it. And guess what? No one said that to the Japanese when they was in the Furman camp and they got reparation. No one said that, you know what? You're going to need to uh, take a financial literacy course. No one said that to the Jews. No one's saying that to Ukraine. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you want to yeah. um, keep it up to date. So yeah, I definitely feel you when, when you talk about that. So my next question, right? Are you familiar with um, Bruce Beach in LA? I don't think so. Bruce Beach? Mm. Yeah, Bruce Beach is a beach that was owned by the descendants of slaves and the city in, in, in California declared it as public domain and um, they made them sell it for a quarter of what the price, what it was worth. Oh, and wow. this was 98 years ago. So they basically took it and said, you know, we're gonna build a park and this, that and the other. So this family owned the whole entire beach. It's called Bruce Beach, right? Mm. Um, the governor, uh, that's currently the governor of California, um, they put together, uh, like a task force and they looked into it and the city councils and everybody, and they gave back this beach last year to the descendants of the individuals who was the prior owners of this beach. Oh, and, um, at that particular time, it was worth $75 million. Recently, it was just announced that they got, you know, they got the beach and everything. They had it for several months. They decided to sell it back. Can you believe this? To the city. Yeah. Are you for real? Yeah. They, they, they sold it back to the city and um, they sold it back for, um, I want to say, uh, $20 million. Oh, God. So once again. Worth 75 yeah, it was that. That's what that. That's what the appraisal price was uh, of last year. Wow. So, what do you say to situations like that, where we get in a position where you know something that was wrong, they righted it, and then we go back on. And you know, a lot of people are upset. So, I did some further research and. People were saying that the reason why they sold it is because the zoning laws. Because you, you got to think, right? Anytime you have um, commercial real estate near water, the money is, is crazy. So yeah. if they don't allow them to build on that waterfront, then it probably wasn't as lucrative uh, as they thought it was. But it's a beach. There, there's ways around that. You know what I mean? It, it definitely was worth more than $20 million. And um, just as you got the beach, you could have got them to change the zoning laws. But my question to you they is... Change them now that they didn't sold it. Yeah, my question to you is, because I was in arguments with people on online where um, they were saying, see, this is a prime example of why we're not ready for reparations. What do you say to an argument such as that? Um, I think that's just, uh, 
it's just a, a reality we're going to have to accept. You know, uh, it's a harsh reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a, it's a reality we have to accept that some of us just ain't going to make it. You know, I think the the more that we push, and I think that's the reason why some uh, of us are scared to get it, because we know that some of us ain't going to make it. When we get reparations, that is going to be the determining factor between who sinks and who swims, because now we're rebuilding infrastructure. Now we have to put it back on us now. And that's why I respect. I got to always give respect to the nation because they always do. They always go by do for self. Mm-hmm. This is you know, that would force us into doing for self. And so many of us are not used to that. So many of us are really have a fear of that if we're being real because they're not ready for that type of power, which is understandable because we have not had it in hundreds of years. I understand, you know, it's a scary yeah. white supremacy, it's a scary ass beast. I get it, but that's the reality that we're going to have to accept that some of us are going to sell us out, some of us are going to take the money that we get and give it back to our oppressors, some of us are going to take the money, get land like these this family did, and mm-hmm. end up flipping it and giving it right back for even less money. That's just going to happen. But that's why we have to be intentional and be careful and be uh, and pay attention, you know, to those who's really to those who are really trying to build, because those who are really trying to build are those who you need to be with. Shout out to the brother, even brother Burnett, the nation again. They got yeah. what are they, uh, here off the farms right now. He out there with a bunch uh-huh. of brothers and sisters in, uh, what are they, in, uh, in Texas, I think. Got a bunch of land out there with, the, with a lot of black families. And they're building, you know, they're not going to set. They got nuances and stuff they're trying to hit them with out there, but they're not backing down from that because they have people all solid. They have a solid group that is all on code, all on the same page with one goal, and that is to separate, to have their own, to get their own. If you're with black people, and it's not going to be all, it's not going to be a lot of us. It's so sad because, Lord, the more I be hearing some of these conversations, I'll be like, yeah. I be trying not to say majority, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> we pushing 40, 50, 45, 40, 45, yeah. especially if we count some of the older Negroes. It's, it's egregious, you know what I'm saying? So, right. but the more that we we uh, we deal within that reality that some of us just genuinely are not going to be ready. Some of us are genuinely going to get this money and end up right back in poverty or end up worse if we being real. But that yeah. has to be, we cannot just hyper-focus on that part because the other part of it is some of us is about to be some of us is already building some of us is already years to get these reparations you know what i'm saying and, and still preparing to get this right and know exactly where that money gonna go when they get it you know or that land what type of land they gonna get what type of infrastructure what kind of schools what kind of hospitals what kind of grocery store they already know what they're trying to do with this money that's why they just waiting for the money just, we just pushing for the money at this point we pushing for the check we pushing for the, the land we pushing for the resources because like we got the plan ready you know all we need is the platform that's who we got to focus on we can't worry about all of these negroes that's just going to get it's going to lay by the wayside we can't we can't put our energy towards that not that we can't uh help to a degree you know because some of us are going to need some of us, we do need financial literacy classes we do need you know uh uh, teachers and role models and financial uh, scholar, uh, scholars in general to help uh, guide us in our building. However, mm-hmm. we can't just, we cannot put all of our, uh, our focus on those on lower level individuals who are going to, who want to stay lower level. It just is what it is. And we got, we got to, we have to come to that point because we cannot say we will sink the ship trying to save everybody. We got to save those who want to be saved. And I'll tell you one thing, right. I bet you there's going to be a lot of people from the nation up in that tree. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta um definitely, you know, separate the wheat from the shaft and get rid of those low frequency slaves. It is what so, we, hey, let me see, say this. Think, I don't want to sound like um Yeah, yeah. 
I'm not giving grace because I do understand. Because even with that family, like, they, yeah, they gave it away that 20 million. I mean, they gave it that they sold it back, beach and they undersold it at that. But even with that 20 million, it's not like we got to give up on that family because they can still do it. They still got 20 million dollars. You know what I'm saying? So they can still go get more land, maybe not a beach, but they can go get more land and do something constructive with that. You know what I'm saying? So we also have to give each other grace and knowing that we're going to, we got to give each other time to mess up because it's going to take like, we don't, our parents ain't dealt with millions of dollars, generations before, none of them dealt with millions of dollars, hundreds mm -hmm. of thousands of dollars. I'm the first one that's going to get a million dollars and you expect me to blow it like, <laughs> you know, some mm -hmm. of us fumble the bag a couple times before we really get to where we need to get to. Some of us before don't we get it right. right. Yep, absolutely. You, don't need and, talent, you know, and but that's you know what? what? I would like to really be privy to that conversation and to know what was the reason why. Because there's a reason behind everything, right? And one of the things is, is that they could have put it in a re-invocable trust, right? And it could have been where it goes to each uh, descendant as, as they pass, it goes down. They could have had certain barriers in place where they couldn't sell it. Um, what I would have did was I would have leased it to the city, you know what I mean, for a certain amount of years, you know, and collected revenue off of it, and that we would have controlled the land in perpetuity. Because this is the thing, they always tell you when you have stuff in a family trust, that you own nothing, but you control everything, right? Mm. As individuals, you don't own nothing. The family trust owns it, and it pays everybody, you know, so... And I'm sure they, you know, if I know this stuff, I, I'm really hoping and I'm giving them grace that they had the top financial advisors to advise them, like, listen, the zoning lords is crazy. They're not going to let you do that. It's best to get the money and run. Or, uh, you know, I'm sure they would have told them, yo, put it in a family trust, do this, do that, do that. So just as a business-minded individual, that learning this thing as I go along. And I'm saying, damn, if I knew that and you got all these resources, like, what was that conversation like? Yeah, because it could have been. I mean, hopefully, yeah, they did have a financial and that was the case, but it could have been. They just was like, man, we ain't trying to do all that. We want this check. Let me get that 20 million. <laughs> Cut the check. <laughs> Cut we need that 20 million. Because we're, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, another thing too, right? You know, yeah. you never can say what you're going to do. You know, until you're in that position. You know, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's yeah, one so of I, I definitely understand that. But speaking yeah. about finances, we're gonna keep it on finance for a little while, right? You have an NFT, right? It's called yeah. Egregious uh, um, NFT Goddess. How how you pronounce it? Oh yeah, and uh, it's the it's the egregious uh war goddess. War goddess, egregious yeah, war goddess, war. right? Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. And I know that um, the fourth revolution, you know, is the internet and the World Wide Web and this uh, uh, metaverse. And um, it's always, you know, a pleasure to see our young brothers and sisters getting in early and also, you know, making an economic impact with the, the tools that are provided to us. So tell us what wh what is the meaning behind that? And why you felt it necessary to get involved in that? Um. Well, you know, I just really just took my because I already had my uh, the egregious or the the war goddess and the war god. I had both of them. 
it's like uh what are they called little stickers on my channel and i had them on my merchandise mm -hmm. So I ended up just taking those, the symbols and put them on and uh, flipped them to NFTs and just made them into NFTs instead. Um, shout out to my cousin, Black Home. She the one who made it for me, designed it for me. It was a blessing. But um, yeah, I thought I had to, I just had to get my foot in it because I don't understand, like, I'm not about to sit up here and figure I'm like, I'm a, you know, um, very uh, knowledgeable when it comes to NFTs and, you know, digital currency and things of that nature. But I know that, because I hear some people go against it as well. But I felt like, you know, why not at least have my foot in it? You know, I feel yeah. like it's one of those things, kind of like with the, uh, what's the the other thing that they're doing now? Um, with the Bitcoin? Bitcoin, right, exactly. It's like, why not, especially if I'm not losing anything from it, like it don't cost to go make an NFT. I didn't pay no money to make them. I just made them and put them online, you know? And now if yeah. I, people buy them, I make money from it. You know what I'm saying? And I know that my brand is going to grow regardless. So it's like, if NFTs grow, people are going to want to grow with me. People are going to invest in my NFTs because they, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's like the math is math. And so I was like, why? It's stuff like that. I feel like black people, we should just, you know, if it's, especially if it's low risk or no risk at all, mm -hmm. get that money, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> at least put your, put your, put your, your, uh, your, put yourself out there to the, to a minimal degree to get that money. And that's why I, what you call, I just made the NFTs and put them up there. I'm not really sure how that's going to go. I don't even know. I wasn't even sure about the price, and I'm gonna be 100 honest. I just put in all some spirits. I was like four, 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 uh, one. I don't even understand. I don't even understand. I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm be real with you. Okay, okay. What I wanted to do. I had to put my foot in it because I'm like, why not? Like I'm already moving towards. I know I want uh, my brand to be. Uh, I'm probably going to turn into like a media company of some sort, but I definitely want my brand to be dipped in different, you know, uh, streams. So why not? Why not get NFT? In a egregious NFT. Yeah, yeah, speaking of brands, right? A to the Z uh, TV. Um, you, like you said, you have merchandise and, and things like that. Tell us what was the uh, impetus for, for your brand, what made you want to start it, and um, where you see your brand in the next five years, and some of the people that has been fortunate enough to uh, appear on your platform. Oh, um, well, yeah, I actually got some, uh, this past year, I got some, some really nice, uh, guests as well. Actually, the year before that, I got more guests, to be honest. This year, I didn't really get to, I didn't really do too many interviews, but, um, yeah, I started off doing my channel with, uh, my sister. Actually, I started off with my twin sister and then we kind of stopped. We went on a little hiatus and I kind of just came back with myself because we had a, it was a whole thing, but I ended up coming, my, coming back with myself. I really just wanted to, you know. Um, present my thoughts and ideas on issues pertaining to the black community. And that's what I do. That's what I still, that's what I've, I've been doing. And I've able to kind of expand that by, you know, kind of evolving into uh, more issues, I guess, as far as politically and socially, you know, because I've always kind of dibbled and dabbled, but I've stayed within a realm of, uh, uh, I've stayed within a, a lower level realm. So now I'm kind of, you know, growing, evolving more within my content. And that's why I've been able to have different conversations. So I started, you know, doing interviews like last at the beginning of last year. And that's helped me grow even more as far as, you know, understanding our lineage, understanding our experiences and other parts of our, you know, cultures and stuff like that. It's, it's just been great. But I shout out to, um, let me see. I think the best, or at least my favorite interview so far is probably, probably with my uh, oldest sister, Ayana, and Reza. Probably Reza Islam was probably okay. my favorite interview. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I had Riza. I had Riza. Um, actually, Riza, Zaza Ali, and uh, Dr. Randy Short was the three most popular uh, interviews on my channel, and all of those was done um, last year. Yeah. Oh wow! Blessings. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Riza be kicking the truth, man. We need we need brothers like that. Yeah, now nah, I, I rock Riz. I gotta get him back on my channel. Actually, he ain't been on there since he was on my. He wasn't even on it last year. He was on it the year before. He was on my my first round of interviews last okay. year. Probably with the sister Iowa. Last year was my favorite interview. To be honest, the sister Iowa. She was uh, she's a. I think she was Senegalese, non FBA woman, but she mm -hmm. was talking about ligamy and stuff like that. It was it was just kind of cool. She's a, a a wife who was contemplating getting the second wife. It was an interesting perspective, to say the least. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. She was, she was uh, polyamorous. Yeah, poly, uh, polyamorous. Oh, po no, uh, polygon. What is it? Polygyny, I think. I forgot. It, what it's, it? it's so many different names and different variations, you know. Um, but I, I, I know, I know, I know what you're talking about. So I watch your channel, you know, every time I, you know, I can. Um, Catch catch a uh, interview, you know. I make sure I do it. Um, one of them that that really stuck out to me was um, you coming to the defense of black men. You know, I, I see that you are definitely one of those sisters that's a strong advocate for black men, and I think that what you do is example that other women can see that you can be pro black men and pro woman you know what i mean like it doesn't take away from you you know a lot of times when you see um certain segments of our people that um are quick to yell black girl magic they have vitriol for the black man <laughs> you know what i mean and, and 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 i noticed that you don't do that that you always raise us up you always praise us and um i caught one um segment where you was talking about um interracial marriage and the gender war so if you can you know for our viewers that um this is their first time being able to uh view you what are your stance and your position on um interracial marriage uh i am um I am a hundred percent against interracial marriage. If I'm being honest, okay. okay. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent against it. I think it's, um, I think it's destructive. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's. I mean, I don't even think I need to say anything further than that. I think it's destructive. It doesn't add anything, any value to our community. You can't, you can't marry into white supremacy. You can't sleep into some sort of power. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or you can't befriend a white supremacist and get some benefits like it's not, you know, I just, there's no way around it. And, you know, people say as a whole, all white people ain't evil. I'm not. Baby, we're in 2023. We're not. I'm not about to keep doing this with y'all. Okay? We all know what it is. Absolutely. <laughs> These people dominate the earth. Okay? White supremacy is real. It's called white supremacy for a real thing. I'm not about to go back and forth about you with the little 10, 15, 5 minority of people that might be off code of white supremacy. I'm not taking it. Okay? So, you having that, you bringing a white person into your home. I don't even like, you know, what's funny. This is just a side note. <laughs> My brother <laughs> was just saying this to me the other day. What I was telling his friends about this other day, one of his friends, when I was uh, at my old house, one of his friends came over to my house, him and his friend. 
and his friend had a friend. His friend was a white girl. That was his girlfriend. And I didn't realize that. I was upstairs. I came downstairs and I said, I was seeing the white girl. I said, and I said, bruh, come here right quick. Come here, bruh. <laughs> I said, you know, ain't no white woman allowed in this house. What, what the hell going on? Who is, who is that? Yeah. Why is a white woman? No, that's no boy. I was dead certain. Like, no bueno. That's not going to happen. She need to go. I don't I don't trust white people in my vicinity. Damn sure not under my roof. Like, I don't, yeah. If I control it, you would not be in my space at all. You know, so for you to go and get and marry, you know, or go date, go have children with, yeah. oh, you're too far past enemy lines. You know, even if that one white person is an enemy, the what everything that's attached to them is is not worth the risk. I'm sorry. Like, it's just, it, not, it adds nothing at this point. Nothing. And all it does is add confusion. I'm sorry. It adds confusion, destruction, and more self-hatred. I don't, you know, I'm not seeing how any of us can seriously advocate for that. Love is love. It's out the window. Love ain't love. Love, you choose who you love. So oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, me growing up, you know, one of the things I was always told, if she can't use your comb, don't bring her home. You know what I mean? So they don't come past the threshold. You know what I mean? Like, you know, um, we live in a society and those that operate in the dominant society, you're going to have interaction with them and you will find that some of them are um, what I will call, you know, um, cordial to you. You know what I mean? They will tolerate you. They will be friends with you. But just like Nelly Fuller told us, you know, um, we, we at war. So if there is a position at the job they will go and get one of their friends who is of their color, who has the uh, complexion for protection mm. to get that job before you. You yeah. know what I mean? They, if, if they don't get it, they will want one of their friends to get it before you. So people got to remember, you know, um, when you look at racism and white supremacy, it's a race, you know, and who controls the natural resources is the one that wins the race. You mm. know, who's going to be the winner? And as uh, our good brother, uh, Nilly Fuller, fully told us, if you don't understand racism and white supremacy, anything else you think you understand is only going to confuse you. Yeah, we're going to be in a state yeah. of confusion. But it wasn't your brother's girlfriend, it was his friend. No, hell no. Nah. My brother ain't no white girl. What? Uh, I would have looked at him like he was crying. I would have came off <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, but it is what it is, you know, and for the argument, for those that say, you know, there's some good uh, white people, you know, the last good white person that, you know, I, I'm knowledgeable of is John Brown. And we can't oh. wait for every 150 years for another John Brown to come around. What? So come we on. have war, and, and, and this is a protracted war, and we need to take ground <laughs> and, and stand our ground Mm. Right now, right. You know? That's right. If you so, ain't, if you ain't a white person with, with a John Brown mentality, I don't even want to be there. <laughs> I don't yeah. even want to be there. <laughs> so listen, right? There's gonna be people that um wanna definitely check out, and I employ everybody to check out uh A to Z TV. There's gonna be individuals that wanna purchase your merch, and um they might wanna get that NFT. How can they uh um Get at you on social media. Um, yes, y'all, please follow me on Instagram, underscore, underscore, CFWM. Follow my backup page because Instagram be, hey, you know how these people do, underscore, underscore, CFWM2. My Twitter is Shata, underscore, Ute. 
and um, my Patreon, YouTube, A to Z TV. Please hit me up. Now, what's what's CWM? What that stand for? Lord, I'm really contemplating changing it because I really, I made it in high school. It's, it stands for can't fuck with me. Oh, okay. I got hey, listen. Yeah, I know. I, I really no, I listen. <laughs> you know, you, you might have said it using baby language, but the actuality is they can't mess with you. You know I mean, what I mean? So, you know, you made it when you was younger, but listen, it's still relevant to today. That's history right there. That's true. You know I mean, sometimes you gotta, you know, you you gotta use the baby language and, and, and give them their warning. You mm. know, we give them grace and we give them warning, and after that, they on their own. Mm. That's so, true. is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you, or that you want to say in your last closing words? Um, uh, I guess I'll just say in my last closing words. Um, black people, please, Black Americans, FBA. We got to get on code, man. We need these reparations. At this point, it's not about how you feel. It ain't about what you think. It ain't about your opinion. I really don't give a damn at this point. It's about what is owed to us. It's about what our ancestors fought for. It's about what our ancestors died for, what was stolen from us, and what is rightfully ours. So put aside your, your, your feelings. Put aside the emotions that you feel comes with it, and just stick with that, and we will stay on track, okay? Um, other than that, love y'all. Be one, y'all know it's not a new new year. It starts in uh, uh, spring, so yeah. <laughs> Just saying, happy fake new year. <laughs> yeah, and I and I and I want to add on to what she said, right? Um, but I want to speak to the non-FBAs, right? For those that have vitriol or feel slighted or cheated because Foundation Black American is getting this much closer and closer and closer to receiving these reparations. There's no need for that, right? Because mm -hmm. there is an organization in the Caribbean, there's an organization in Africa that is fighting for reparation as well. Um, they're going after, I just, uh, there's one uh, white actor, uh, millionaire, and then there's another individual, his family, they just uh, came out with and said that they was owners of slaves, right? So they're going after them, and they're going after the British crown. Right, whichever one comes first, whether we get it first or they get it first, the arguments that we use you can use as well, and vice versa. So, this is something that you know, um, we don't have to be uh uniform in our belief, but we all have to be unified in our struggle, and we all know who the common enemy is, and the common enemy doesn't look like me and you. Mm. So, with that. I, I thank you, sister, for taking out the time of your busy schedule to uh, join Necessary Blackness Podcast. And um, this is your first time, but let's not make it your last time. And um, whatever you have going on, make sure you hit us up and you let us know about it and we bring you back on the platform. Peace and power. Peace. Thank you for having me. Same here.